Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is, to the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight for the great one. Really an honor to always fill in for him, and nice to be with you. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, including the House Coronavirus Oversight Panel, has just come out asking five different companies to return loans meant for small businesses. That's right. The House Oversight Committee, uh, Committee's new select coronavirus oversight panel, has now sent officially five different letters to companies today asking them to return the loans they received from the Paycheck Protection Program, also known as PPP. This was obviously set up during the pandemic to aid struggling, keyword, small businesses. The letters have now asked each of the companies to, quote, immediately return the loan given out under the program so that these funds may be used to support truly small businesses that are struggling to survive during the coronavirus crisis, the move which stands as the first official action. Taken by the newly created oversight panel comes amid an outcry over how the funds have been distributed. With some loans going to chain restaurants, One of them we saw was Ruth Chris Steakhouse, which took a beating public opinion-wise. Then you had Shake Shack giving their money back, and the list goes on and on. Then you had publicly traded corporations that had hundreds of millions of dollars in their bank accounts that got these loans. People were furious. Now, while the loans going to publicly traded companies have been just a small fraction of the money going out the door, they have generated outsized media scrutiny, some people claim a list of which private companies got the money, has also been released by the Small Business Association Administration, I should say. Now, the companies that receive the letters are MeMedX Group, Evo Transportation Energy Services, Universal Stainless and Alloy Products, Quantum Corporation, and Gulf Island Fabrication. The letter from the government states, unfortunately, many large companies were able to utilize this program and obtain PPP loans that were intended for small businesses. Some of the companies returned these funds amid widespread public outrage. However, there are other companies, including yours, still have not returned these funds. Now, the panel has set a deadline of Monday for each company to notify it as to whether it will return the funding. If a company opts not to do so, the panel requests that the company produce documents and communications related to the loan. Quote, if you choose not to return some or all of these funds, we request that you provide by May the 15th, 2020, all documents and communications between your company and the Small Business Administration and the Department of Treasury relating to the PPP loan. And two, between your company and any financial institution relating to the PPP loan, including all applications for a loan. Now, the newly established panel has become a source of conflict on Capitol Hill. House Republicans are now accusing Democrats of using it as a way to launch partisan attacks 
against the administration and arguing that it is unnecessarily giving other oversight mechanisms already in place just another pain in their rear end, basically. Now, let's be clear. The Paycheck Protection Program was meant to help small businesses. That has been scrutinized by many members in both parties. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin uh, said the Treasury Department will audit all Paycheck Protection Program loans of more than $2 million. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi last week named Democratic members to the, quote, panel, which will be chaired by Jim Clyburn, in South Carolina, a South Carolina Democrat. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy uh, of, of California moved this week to appoint Republican members. Now, the letters are signed only by Democratic members of the panel. House GOP whip Steve Scalise, the top Republican on the select committee, condemned this move this, move this afternoon, calling it, quote, outrageous, and saying that he hopes Democrats will change course. It is outrageous and telling that the first action the committee Democrats have taken is blindly sending harassing letters to individual companies that follow the law to keep their workers on the payroll, Steve Scalise said in a statement. Secretary Mnuchin has already stated that the Treasury Department is looking into all companies who have received loans through the overwhelming successful PPP funds, Scalise added, saying with a large-scale audit underway, this action by Democrats represents dangerous government intimidation. That could cause more widespread layoffs at a time when we should be trying to keep Americans workers, American workers on the payroll. The panel said that in its insurances, insurance requests to return this money, it focused, quote, on targeting companies that are public, have market capitalization of more than $25 million, have more than 600 employees, and sought and received small business loans of $10 million or more. All right, let's break this down for a second. If you work for a company and there's 600 employees or 601, right, because the Democrats are saying we're going to nail companies that got money that had more than 600 employees, that had more than $25 million on hand, and receive loans of $10 million or more. If you lose your job, does that matter to you if you are a big company or working for a big company or a small company when you lost your job? Serious question here. Does it really matter? Because I would argue it doesn't. I don't, you know, you look at these unemployment numbers that came out. If you're on that list of those who are unemployed, who've been laid off, who've been furloughed, or or whatever it may be, I guarantee you, I promise you, it doesn't matter to you if the company that laid you off was big or small. If you still have a job... I don't think you care if your company is, quote, big or small. And what what the Democrats are now doing is they're attacking larger companies that employ more people that, by the way, usually pay a lot more taxes. Now, if you abused it, that's different. And that's why we should have a checks and balance in in an audit system. I'm in favor of that. I want to make that clear. I'm totally in favor of that. What I am not in favor of let me make this clear, is just picking on companies that have been successful because you believe that 600 employees is not a, quote, small business. Now, we're also only picking on people for a certain amount of money that they borrowed. Just because you borrowed a lot of money in the PPP program doesn't mean that you're committing a fraud. They have now arbitrarily chosen a number 
that they now say is a number that they disagree with. And again, this is arbitrary. The Democrats have decided that if it's this much money, then we're going to come after you and we're telling you you have to give the money back. If you're $1 below their number, they're not even sending you this letter. And this letter, I would argue, is absolute harassment at the hands of the Democrats. In a time when we should not be harassing anybody. The third point that Steve Scalise makes, which I think is the most important point right now, is is what is going to happen from this is you're going to have companies that are then going to lay off people. And if they did get a lot of money, okay, even if they are keeping a lot of people employed, what they're going to do with that is they're going to say, all right, let's just assume we're going to have to give this money back and they're going to want it in 24 hours like they did today, right? you got to give it back by Monday, which is an insane deadline. Let's go ahead and lay everybody off on Monday and we'll just be ready to give the money back because we're assuming our letter's coming soon. We know what the criteria is. If I own a business and I look at this criteria that the Democrats have put out, again, the Democrats have said they are focused on targeting companies that, quote, are public. So now you're evil if you're a public company, publicly traded. That doesn't make any sense. Have market capitalization of more than $25 which, by the way, is not a lot of money if you have a massive overhead and warehouse and manufacturing or whatever it may be. $25 million is not very much. I'm a small business owner, okay? I own a restaurant. I own a gun range and a gun store. I can tell you when you have a 25,000-square-foot facility, which we have, it is not hard to get up to tw- into the millions quickly. And I'm a genuine small business. The idea that if you've got $25 million, that can disappear in a matter of months or days or weeks, depending on what your overhead is. The idea that if you have 599 employees, you didn't get this letter from the Democrats, but if you have 600 or more, you got the letter, is, again, an arbitrary number that makes no sense. And the idea that if you asked, if you received... $10 million. $10 million, in theory, sounds like an insane amount of money. If you have 600 employees, it is not. Do a normal payroll of 600 employees over two and a half months. Because remember, this is all based on two and a half months. So if you're looking at these at the numbers, and again, I'm a numbers guy. I don't look at the emotional crap that they put out. I look at the actual numbers. $10 million spread over two and a half months. It is easy number for you to hit with rent, utilities, and payroll. 25% rent, if you, have a, if you have a major business in a nice area, that is not a hard number to get to. Not a hard number to get to at all. Everybody knows this. So what the Democrats really did, while, by the way, they're not working. Remember, Nancy Pelosi has not called them into session, but they had enough time to target people this way, which is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. They're not in Washington, but they're, they're sending out these harassing letters. That's what they are doing, sending out harassing letters to make it look like they're doing something, choosing arbitrary numbers that they deem as it now makes you an evil company. How does this help anybody? And I go back to their, their again, their evil company numbers. Any company right now listening to me, 
that sees or hears about this, they're going to look at their loan and they're going to say, okay, crap, we're a public company. Oh, gosh, we have $25 million in capitalization. Oh, my gosh, we have more than 600 employees. Oh, my gosh, we got a loan of more than $10 million. Get ready, because if you work at that company come Monday, these owners are going to play defense, and they're going to lay people off left and right because they're assuming that that new letter is coming. They are assuming that the letter is going to show up and that they are going to be turned into Spawn of Satan Company. And they are actually going to let people go. It will happen. I want to get your phone calls in here and see what you think about all this. one 381 3811 Is it fair to treat these companies this way? And again, if you're laid off, I, I don't think it should matter who lays you off. Being laid off is being laid off. Keeping somebody employed is keeping someone employed. You shouldn't play favorites based on under 600 employees or over 600 employees because when you're laid off, every layoff should matter the same in the eyes of the government. It's not like you're, you're, you're somehow less broke because you got laid off from a bigger company compared if you got laid off from a smaller company. Being laid off is being laid off. Being unemployed is being unemployed. And these arbitrary numbers just to try to score political points is disgusting. one 800 or one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story, it's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Nice to have you with us. So the harassment has begun by Democrats, as only Democrats, but acting like it's everybody in the House. They have this now coronavirus oversight panel. It's filled with Democrats, and now they've uh, tried to shame or assault or attack five different companies, demanding that they return their small business loans. They say that we're not supposed to go to them because they have deemed them not to be a, quote, small business. Now, the panel of Democrats sent these requests to these companies telling them you got to pay this money back. They said they're focusing on companies that, quote, are public, have market capitalization of more than $25 million, have more than 600 employees, and sought and received small business loans of $10 million or more. So get ready for massive layoffs come Monday if you hit that criteria. 
businesses are not going to be stupid on this one. They're going to know what exactly here is going on, and they're going to realize, I don't want to fight with the government. Fine, I'll give the money back. They're not going to want to fight with, with, with literally the U.S. government. Anybody saw what the U.S. government did to, to Flynn, would you want to fight with him right now? I wouldn't, and we'll deal with that coming up later in the show. Let me get to your phone calls now. Uh, 1-877-381-3811. Let me go to Doc in the Woodlands, line two. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. How are you, Doc? Hey, Ben. Thank you for uh, taking my call. I appreciate your time, and uh, great, great to chat with you on the Mark Levin Show. You, you too, brother. You and I are breathing the same air today, my friend. What a great day of weather here in the Houston area. That is great. And, and you know, I'm, I'm about as conservative as it gets, but I have to take you to task on and disagree with you on the public and firm versus the private firm. Public Convin- firm. Don't, don't take me to task. Convince me, and, and I mean this sincerely, okay? Convince me how if somebody works for a company that has 600 employees – and they're going to be laid off, and they get a loan from the government, and they get to keep that job, convince me why that is a bad loan to give out. It's not a bad loan as long as it saves jobs. We both know that. Do you you remember – I don't know. Are you a religious man at all? Absolutely. There is, and I'm going to botch this, but if you're, it, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen that that poster? And I saw it in, gosh, children's church. That's how long ago we're talking here, of the kid on the beach that is picking up all of the starfish that have been washed onto the shore, and a man. And I'm paraphrasing this, so I'm going to botch it a little bit, but the the premise is is is, is authentic. And he's walking down the beach, and the storm had come in, and all these starfish had thro- come up onto the beach. And they were they were beached or stranded, and he's throwing them back in the water. And, a, and an adult says to the child, you know, why are you wasting your time? You'll never get them. You know, it, what, what are you doing? It doesn't matter. And he said it mattered to that one. That's how, that's how I look at this PPP program. If, to the, if you work for a bigger company and you did get this loan, and your job is saved because of this loan. It matters to that American that's working just as hard as someone that may be at a very small business. Why does it does it really matter as long as you meet the criteria and you keep the people employed? Does it really matter? Almost like that starfish. I would argue it doesn't to that American. Now, I don't want to rush this. Hold on for me. I'll come right back to you and I'll let you answer that, okay? Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin, 1877-381-3811. We'll be right back. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home, on demand, and absolutely free of charge. Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story, 
It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. They can clone the others, but there's only one Mark Levin, and you can call him at 877-381-3811. So the PPP loan program was supposed to be to save jobs, to keep people employed. Now Democrats have used their power in Congress to harass and stalk companies that they say were too big and had too many employees that got the money. Now, the question is, if your job is saved because of a PPP loan, does it really matter how big the company is that got the loan amount? Let's have that debate and that conversation. Now, they have sent out these letters trying to make examples of companies with a new criteria. The Democratic panel sent out five letters of five companies a day demanding the money back by Monday. They say they're focusing on targeting companies that are, quote, public. Apparently, that makes you evil. Have market capitalization of more than $25 million and have more than 600 employees and sought and received small business loans of $10 million or more. Guess what's going to happen? Money's going to come back, and a whole bunch of people are going to lose their jobs next week. Is this fair for the Democrats to do this? Now, I want to go back to Doc. Doc, I, I, I made my point before the break uh, with you, and the point that I was making uh, is one that at this point, with the unemployment numbers where they are, and we saw the new unemployment numbers. It's the highest of my entire life, unemployment. At this point, it, does, does it, do we even really need to worry about whose job we're saving based on the size of the company as much as is the money being used to keep people employed? I'll let you go ahead and respond to that. Ben, thank you. So two points. One, there should have been two packages, one for small business, one for large business. That was my assumption when I first heard about this a month ago. That you and I can agree on. I think they rushed it. They were trying to save jobs as fast as they could. And I'm, I'm one of those. We got PPP money at my business, okay, with, with my small businesses. They rushed it. I totally agree with you. They should have had two different bailout packages. And people don't like using the word bailout, but that's what this is, right, to keep people employed. Um, they should have, but they didn't. So now we're going to punish bigger companies that got in on this and, by the way, didn't meet all the criteria that they did give out. And then they're going to lay off people. I, I, that, I have a hard time understanding how that helps the actual worker that we're trying to keep employed. Ben, my second point is that public firms have such a huge advantage over private firms. They can raise money and generate capital based in numerous ways, issuing stock, preferred or common. They can issue bonds, which small companies can't. They have swaps, derivatives. They have contracts, forwards, and the options. They can use all these tools, these financial tools, to generate capital to stay solvent, and small companies can't. And that's why, you know, this should have been, yes, definitely a small company, but there should have been something on the other side for the large businesses. And that's what I always assumed when I heard it, when President Trump was talking about it, this is how the airlines were going to get bailed out. This is how the big businesses were going to be bailed out in another package. But shame on us for trusting the Democrats to think that they were ever going to help a big business. All right, let me, let me ask you this question, and, I, and I, I think some of the points you made were valid points, all right? 
if if you are, <coughs> excuse me, a bigger business that that meets these requirements, they talked about six hundred employees, et cetera. You know, public company. You're right. You do have the ability to do all those things, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to lay people off while you're trying to get the money back in. No, and at that point, you're absolutely right. Two is that, yes, an employee is an employee, is a body is a body, and an unemployment figure is an unemployment figure, and it doesn't matter where it comes from. It's still going to be counted as one person unemployed, no matter where they where they were. So, and that then again, that goes back to the point here. What are the Democrats are instead of helping Americans right now, instead of rewriting a bill, even you could argue, okay. What you're doing is you're this is all they're doing here is attacking people. That's it. They're attacking people's jobs by attacking businesses that are larger. How is that good for the American worker? They're not an American company or a party. They're no longer a part of this country. They are something else other than a party that represents people in this country. They are actually an ideology that is trying to subvert this country, and we both know that. We see the actions. All right. I'll see you the other thing, and I appreciate the phone call. Great to talk to you, sir. one 877 Let me go next to Brian. Uh, welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Hey Ben, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. I just I wanted to talk about I just I I, I love I love WML and listen all day every day. But I kind of don't you, agree brother. with what you're saying right now, man. All right, then, then tell me why I think it's wrong that the Democrats are targeting these companies the way they are. Well, I, I don't I I agree with you on what they're doing right now as far as what you said today. But the problem is, it's it's been a it's been a problem the whole the whole system long with the SBA going out and giving the money out, and then they then then they're short funded, and then like me as a small business, I can't even we're talking about you're talking about twenty five million dollars, I can't even get I can't even get ten thousand dollars for my company to help out. So, and I get hold on when you say you can't get ten thousand dollars for your company, you mean from the PPP? For yes, 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 I have a small landscaping company in Prince William County, Virginia. And how, what, but how, what what made you not be able to qualify for it? I ha, it's not that I haven't been qualified. I, my bank, Bank of America, we've just been in limbo, just like okay. Else. All right, now, I, all right. So you're getting screwed by the big bank. I, that's completely different than you not being able to get the money. And this is one of the problems that they did do. All right, and we we experienced this with our loan. We went to a small bank. We went to a local bank, and if you still haven't gotten your money out, I'd encourage you to do that ASAP because the big banks, and one of the things they screwed up here, and they could have fixed this, by the way, in the second round of funding, and apparently it was blocked by the Democrats, was to say that you had to do the loans on the order in which they were received. What the big banks like Bank of America did was they shuffled the loans based on the amount of money that you were asking for because their fee that they were being paid, okay, the fee they were being paid is based on a percent on the total loan amount. You're never probably going to get your money from Bank of America because why are they going to waste their time funding your loan when there's somebody else ahead of you that's asking for 100000 or a quarter million or $5 million or $10 million or $15 million? You get my point? 100%. I, I understand what you're saying. And and I, and they could have fixed this. They knew it was a problem. We had on, on on my show Lamar Alexander who helped write this bill, and we asked him about that because I said I said Senator, come on, 
it's obvious that these big banks and some regional banks are reshuffling these loans based on the number that you're asking for, not based on when you brought in your application. We barely got our e-number, and I, I mean, I knew this front and back right when it passed. Within 30 minutes of it passing, I had on Senator Alexander, and, I, and he told us everything you need to know. We were in on Friday, and we almost didn't get the money before it ran out. We were on the Wednesday before it ran out on Thursday. We finally got our e-number, and that was after beating down the door at the bank because we knew what was, you know, we, we were hearing what was happening out there. And people like you, real small businesses, you got screwed, no doubt. But you're getting screwed by the bank, not necessarily the loan process. You get my point? The bank is deliberately saying you don't matter, and that's unfair. I agree. The bank, the bank, the big banks—they still getting bailed out years ago, and they still don't want to help nobody. And just—it's the same old song and dance, man. You're right. You know what? You don't have to put me on the air. I appreciate just talking to you, man. Hey, great to talk um, to you. Thank you, sir. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Joe in Detroit. Welcome. You are on the on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi. You Give me your thoughts. This is Joe from Detroit. I'm, I'm self-employed. I'm an artist. And there's dozens and dozens of my fellow artists that uh, we're all self-employed and we all qualify. Artists as in, like, art or as in music? Art as in uh, physical art. My Got it. Okay, story. gotcha. Just making sure. Yeah. yeah. But the category that – see, we kept hearing all this. Small business is going to – they're going to do this for small business, small business. What about the self-employed small business person. I think this kind of talks similar to the other guy you just had on as a landscaper, depending on how big he is. You know, there's small guys like that running around. They do uh, the long well, let, let's, let's go back to the Democrats here. Instead of harassing these five businesses, right, they got the money that are keeping people employed, why aren't they harassing the banks for screwing the small businesses that they never funded before this money ran out the first time and now the second time around, where guys like the last one who desperately needs his ten grand has not gotten it yet because the banks deliberately said, pretty much the hell with you. We're going to do the big loans because we get our fees off the, off the loan amount. And, 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 and there's a chance he'll never see that money, even though he clearly got his loan in weeks and weeks ago. Right. No, I, I agree. Look, at, there's a lot of, lot of things that aren't, aren't right. And I hate to I hate to rain on your parade, but I ended up getting the PPP loan for Good. 30, 30, 3500 bucks. Okay. Did you and, go with a big bank or regional or local? Yeah, yeah, I went with Bank of America. <laughs> wow, good for you. Your branch must have, your branch must have not had as many loans. Could, well, whatever. I, I thank God. You know, if you're a religious person, boy, I was you know wearing out my knees from praying. You know, to to get this because I needed it. But sure. that's my point. See, they, see, the, there's small business. There's these big mega companies, but there's also these self-employed. There's also these mom and pop businesses. Okay, that like I'm 65 years old. We've been doing this for 15 years now. My wife and myself. I need this money, okay? This is a viable. I pay taxes. I pay my uh, my uh, sales tax. I have my EIN number. The whole bit. This isn't just a hobby. This is there's real money to be made. I've got some friends of mine that make over six figures doing this, okay? And it's people like us that get that when we hear that when we first heard that all this money was going to these huge companies and like Ruth's Chris or whatever. 
We're thinking, well, here we go. There's no way in hell are we ever going to get our fingers on any of that money. We're going we're gonna to have to – we're out of business. Then, for all practical purposes, people that do what I do, okay, selling at art fairs, large art fairs and such. Yeah, you're completely out of business right now. I'm gone. So i got to get my hands on every penny I possibly can to hopefully salvage – a uh, uh, 2021 year when the show season starts back up, you know, almost a year from now, uh, I've got to carry myself from now until March and April of next year. See, but again, it's the self. How about the self-employed small business person, such as myself, landscaper, and such? These are the people. That really get hurt when, when whether it's the bank doing it or whether it's the government giving the money to these big companies. Well, and why, again, unless all this is, I think, really, Joe, and I appreciate the phone call and, and tell Detroit, I said, hi, the, what, the, what the Democrats are now doing is harassing people that are actually keeping people employed to try to score political points in a narrative. I, I do believe that Steve Scalise is correct in the way that he described this. I think this is nothing more than harassment, political harassment, demanding money back by Monday. Are you kidding me? And the proof of this being harassment is the fact they're saying, give it back by Monday. If you were serious about this, you'd at least give them a week, for goodness sakes. How can anybody get to a bank and do what they're asking them to do with these loans and get it all done that quick, Is my, I guess is a better way of putting it. This is obviously a political stunt. And instead of focusing on small business owners, instead of focusing on the banks putting the loans in the order, having to service them in the order in which they received, instead of servicing based on how much money you're asking for, is a perfect example of this. one 381 Coming up, guess who else got a big bailout we just found out? Churches. How much? It's an unbelievable amount of money. I'll give you the details on that coming up next. On the Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. If you and your family are finding yourself at home with extra time on your hands these days, I know an excellent way to fill it. Take a free online course from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale offers dozens of online courses on topics, including the U.S. Constitution, economics, history, and literature. Right in your own home. On demand and absolutely free of charge, Hillsdale students learn the inspiring history of America. Now you can, too, with Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. Learning and teaching our children about America's past is essential for preserving liberty in the future. Register right now to take this free online course, The Great American Story. It's a production masterpiece, and it paints a picture of America as a land of hope founded on high principles. This course and dozens of others on a variety of topics are available to you and your family for free right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Nice to have you with us. Uh, I got to tell you, this just makes me laugh. Uh, so Ted Cruz, uh, full disclosure, a good friend of mine, uh, 
He decided to leave Houston, go to Dallas to get his hair cut by Shelly Luther, who is the woman that was put in jail for opening up her Dallas uh, hair salon too early. Uh, that Dallas business owner who was released out of prison in the middle of that controversy for her opening that salon in the face of a state order uh, was visited by Senator Ted Cruz today. He was uh, looking to avoid becoming a mullet trendsetter, he said. We're thrilled to be with you and know the whole state of Texas is standing with you. So thank you for your courage, the Texas Republican Center said to CBS DFW. Uh, Luther's uh, Salon, Alamode, had been visited by other notable customers this week, including Sarah Palin, the former Alaska governor as well. Like many Texans, Luther and her staff have been, have been faced with financial hardships during the lockdown over the coronavirus. And uh, today, Ted Cruz got a haircut from her that will enrage the left. Don't worry. We'll deal with that more coming up in the next hour. Also, we're going to deal with the latest breaking news on General Flynn as well and the double standard and some audio I want to remind you of by James Comey. Uh, and that guy's a scumbag. I just want to make that clear. We'll deal with that coming up in a moment. And should those guys be prosecuted? Before we get back to that, let's get to your phone calls. Let me go to Mike in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mike, I, I've had the privilege of flying in a 172 landing at the Fayetteville Airport before. How are you, brother? I'm doing really well. Thank you for taking my call. This is my Mike, point. I was taking flying lessons, and I literally flew from Memphis, my hometown, uh, into Fayetteville. <laughs> Uh, it was a little nerve-wracking. It was a windy day over there, so I saw it pop up there. I was like, i got to go to Mike. Well, and, and not only that, but the approach to Drake Field is uh, dicey. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> All right, what do you think about these Democrats? They're attacking these companies now, demanding the money come back by Monday, all because they want to look like they're doing something on, on PPP money. And, and all this is going to do is cost people their jobs. Okay, here's my point, and this is a cynical ploy on the uh, coming from the from the Democrats, and, and that I'm being redundant because any ploy by the Democrats is cynical. But be that as it may, uh, if the company takes the money, they keep the money, then they further the narrative that they are evil robber baron capitalists, and they don't give two hoots in hell about the little guy. If they go below the, if they start laying off employees to get below the 600 employee threshold, all they're doing is increasing the unemployment rolls, and those folks are candidates to become future Democrat voters because now they're dependent upon the government. This this has been a well thought out plan by by the progressives. This is something they do. They just sit around in those back rooms and they just dream up these schemes to screw over. The American working man. Mike, I would have loved if we had two different loan programs. They were trying so fast to save jobs that they didn't do it that way. All right. Government always is good at screwing things up. But to now go and attack companies that are clearly keeping people employed so that their jobs will be lost and they will be laid off Monday. Get ready for massive layoffs from these companies. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome. It is our two Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. And if you just joined us, uh, we've been talking about the PPP funding, and now Democrats are attacking small bi- our businesses uh, and demanding they give money back by Monday just because they employ 600 people. What good does that do when all it's going to do is make businesses then lay people off? We'll get back to that in a moment. But before we get to that, I want to talk real quick about what happened yesterday? Mark talked about this a lot yesterday, and there's some audio that we dug into that I wanted to play for you just to give you a little bit more context about the insanity of what happened to General Michael Flynn. The Justice Department moved to drop its case against that, the former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn. Now, this came after these internal memos were released that raised serious questions about the nature of the quote, investigation that led to Flynn's 2017 forced plea of guilty to one count of lying to the FBI. The DOJ said it had concluded that Flynn's interview by the FBI was untethered and unjustified by the FBI's counterintelligence investigation into Mr. Flynn, and that the interview was conducted without any legitimate investigative basis. Now, the federal judge overseeing the case obviously has to make the final determination to dismiss this case. I can't imagine how it could go forward, obviously, knowing what we now know. What people need to understand about this, as we are finally starting to really understand the gravity of what the FBI did under the Obama administration, what the FBI did under the direction of James Comey, under people, his, his minions like Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, and the list goes on and on, Andrew McCabe, is they clearly weaponized the FBI for their own political fights. Has nothing to do with anything but politics. This is all about the politics. What's even more damning to the FBI right now And if I was an individual in the FBI that was out on the streets fighting terrorism and doing the real good work that the FBI does, and the the FBI does amazing work, is I would be mortified and furious that now there is going to be what comes from this, a significant lack of trust from the American people. If the FBI called me today and said, Ben, we want to talk to you about something, I would say no, not without a lawyer. Because based on what I saw that they did to General Flynn, I'm not taking the risk. There used to be a time, and my dad, I'll be clear, is in law enforcement. I have a lot of good friends that are in law enforcement. I have good friends that are in the FBI. Um, What I know is that a lot of them are embarrassed by those at the top that use the organization and tarnish the organization for their own political vendettas against Donald Trump because they didn't want him to be the president and they wanted to throw him out of office. The FBI knew 
Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, James Comey, they knew that the entire investigation into this collusion BS with Russia was a total lie. They knew where this dossier came from. They knew that it was paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC, Democratic National Committee. They knew that there was not any information in this dossier into Trump and Russia and collusion that was considered, quote, credible. It had been deemed not credible information, yet they used it as a basis to try to destroy the president. And I think what this really came down to is they said, look, we hate Donald Trump so much. There's got to be something around him that he's done in the past that's illegal. So we're going to gamble here. That's really what Mueller's team did when they, after he was appointed the special you know, prosecutor on this, special counsel on this. They, they pushed the limits to the extreme because they figured at the end of the tunnel they would finally find some dirt. So it didn't matter if you broke the rules to find the dirt. Do I think they targeted Flynn because his name was Flynn? No, I think they targeted Flynn because Flynn was around. Let's be very clear. Flynn was around the president. Flynn was around the campaign. Flynn had access to information around the president, and they thought if we can create a crime out of thin air, and that's what they did. Make no mistake about what the FBI did under James Comey's leadership. They created a crime or tried to create a crime instead of investigating a crime. The FBI's job is to investigate crimes. The FBI's job is not to create crimes. The FBI tried to create a crime to then use it as leverage to get dirt on Donald Trump that they just assumed because their hatred of the president that there was dirt because they hated the president. And then, and again, if you're a parent, I want you to think about General Flynn for a moment. General Flynn's told by these lawyers after they come after him that they're going to give you the, quote, Manafort treatment, meaning they're going to try to put you in prison for a long time. They're also going to come after you in all your weak spots. And this is Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, McCabe, Comey, the whole group of the deep state of the FBI under Obama. They're going to come after you. They're going to come after your kids, I don't believe that Flynn would have ever pleaded guilty the way that he did if it wasn't about the tariff being terrified that they were going to try to put his kids in jail. And fathers and mothers will do things for their kids. They will protect them. I will protect my kids. And if I if you're sitting there saying, I'm going to nail you, and you know, by the way, if you're General Flynn at that moment that the FBI is not playing by the rules. Okay? Let's be clear about this. The FBI is not playing by the rules. They're making up the rules. They've created a crime out of thin air against you. They're coming after you. They're bankrupting you. You're having to sell your house. You have all of your funds depleted. You served your country. You're working in the White House. You meet with them out of goodwill. And, and there's another part of this, too, that, it, that, is, that I think has been overlooked. When the FBI called Mike, you know, General Flynn, 
If there was anything that he thought he had done in his life that was illegal at that point, I think he would have probably gone to the White House counsel and said, hey, I need a lawyer or would have called his own lawyer. If you know that you're guilty of something that is a crime or you know that you committed a crime or you know that you pushed the limits on something that could be a crime and then your phone rings from the FBI, if you think of you're going to when the FBI calls you and they want to talk to you, you're going to you're going to go really quick to the cover your A-double-S, oh my gosh mentality, I'm breaking out in a cold sweat, what is happening, what's going on? Flynn didn't react that way, why didn't he? He didn't because he didn't think there was anything wrong. He probably thought when they called him, they need help from me and I'm serving my country. I'll happily talk to you, the FBI, because I, I can't imagine it'd be even about me. What's even more disturbing than that is this interview that James Comey did when he was on his tour, book tour, whatever the hell it was. And Mr. Producer, if you'll, if you'll cue this up because I want to play it where James Comey is asked a question and, and the, and the person's asked the question is, is being honest. Like how the hell did you get two FBI agents into the white house? How did you even pull that off? And what James Comey does, he brags about breaking FBI protocol and says what he did would never have been allowed to happen under the Bush administration or the Obama administration. Would have never been allowed to happen. And he basically said it was so early on in the Trump administration that they didn't know what protocol was. So I screwed him. And he's bragging about it. Does this sound like the FBI that you would want to trust moving forward? I wouldn't. Does this sound like an individual that's being ethical at all? No. Comey is literally bragging about, hey, I didn't follow the FBI protocol. I did not give Flynn what I would have given anybody else under the last eight years, 16 years of administrations, eight years of Bush, eight years of Obama. And I figured out that these guys were new to town and I screwed them. And he's proud of it. That is abuse of power. I'm going to play that audio for you, and then I'll get your reaction to it. one 381 Here is James Comey, in his own words, bragging about screwing the Trump administration, screwing the White House, screwing the protocol, all of this. Take a listen. Now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um... <laughs> um Something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. <laughs> the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. <laughs> and in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough, let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. 
Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room, and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? Uh, I don't think he knew. I know we didn't tell him. Just said, we've got a couple, sending over a couple of agents. I want to ask you some questions. I didn't have this conversation. My deputy director did. But hope, uh, hope you got a few minutes. You can sit down and talk to them. And he said, sure. And he said, sure. Why did he say sure? One, because he didn't think there was anything he needed to worry about. Two, he wouldn't imagine that the FBI would screw him or set him up or try to create a, a, a crime that did not exist. They were not investigating a crime when they met with him. They were trying to create a crime. This is under the leadership of the man you just heard, James Comey. We also found out how this interview even happened, which is even more disturbing. We found out that this crime has to do with, yet again, Peter Strzok, that disgraced FBI agent. I'm going to give you the details of that coming up next on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. And filling in for the great one, Mark Levin tonight. Really nice to have you with us. Don't forget to watch uh, Mark on Fox News this weekend. He's going to have one heck of a show. I'm going to give you some details on that coming up a little bit later. But I want to get back real quick to this other um, shocking release of information that people need to understand. Not only did the FBI set up Flynn... They knew they didn't have anything on Flynn, and that's the reason why they had to create or try to create a crime to charge him with, because there was nothing to investigate. You don't believe me? Records have now been released that show that that disgraced FBI assistant director, Peter Strzok, intervened when the FBI, the people below him, moved to close the Flynn investigation. Why? Due to lack of, quote, derogatory information. These new unsealed FBI memos show that the Bureau found, quote, no derogatory information on former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn while investigating his alleged Russian contacts. And they moved to close their investigation on him in early January 2017. 
before former FBI disgraced agent Peter Strzok intervened asking and begging to keep the case open. The documents which were released Thursday by the Department of Justice show that Flynn was given the codename Crossfire Razor and investigative investigated in a spinoff of the case that the FBI also had, their bigger case, which was called Crossfire Hurricane. What was that? Well, in essence, it was the surveillance of the 2016 Trump campaign. By the way, remember when President Trump said that his campaign was spied on and the media said he was crazy and losing his mind? Yeah, it happened. You guys are idiots. A case in which the infamous Steele dossier played a central role, according to the DOJ Inspector General Michael Horowitz's December report. Now, Flynn, who pled guilty to lying to the FBI about, a, about Russian contacts in January of 2017, has obviously moved to withdraw that guilty plea, and now they are saying they're going to drop everything against him. He said, look, I never lied to federal investigators. What I did do is protect my family. And they were investigating a crime and said what they were doing was trying to create a crime. Now, thank goodness the Attorney General Bill Barr asked this outside prosecutor from the office of the U.S. Attorney in St. Louis to review the Department of Justice's handling of Flynn's prosecution. Flynn's defense has argued that the, the retired Army General was, quote, deliberately set up and framed by corrupt agents at the top of the FBI, specifically to get him to flip on Donald Trump. But the FBI moved to close that case on January the 4th, 2017. Let me say that again. The FBI, we now know for a fact, moved to close the Flynn case on January the 4th, 2017, before they interviewed him, quote, after finding that Flynn had no contact with a Russian individual whose name is redacted from this release, and that Crossfire Razor, which again was to investigate him, was, in their words, no longer a viable candidate as part of the larger Crossfire Hurricane umbrella investigation. So what happened? I'll tell you exactly what happened. A guy named Peter Scumbag Struck happened. What did he do? We've got the text messages. I'm going to read them for you next. Ben Ferguson filling in for Marco. Then we'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one. I would love uh, to get your reaction and your comments about the FBI. We now know is closing the investigation of Flynn because they said there was nothing there. And then it got to stay open because of one person, Peter Strzok. I believe that Peter Strzok should be held accountable 
at the hands of the law for this. And, then, and, and again, the DOJ admits the Michael Flynn case that the FBI uh, knew what they were doing, knew there wasn't anything to investigate, and knew when they went to go meet with him that there was nothing they were investigating criminally. They were trying to get him to commit a crime. And we got it all in the notes now. I would, I would love to know your reaction to this. You can tweet at me, at Ben Ferguson Show. I'd love for you to follow me there and on Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. We'll also take your phone calls, one 381 3811 Now, the FBI's closing communication uh, was filled in the D.C. field office. This is going back to when they were trying to shut down this inquiry into Flint. They did this on January the 4th, 2017. Guess what happened? The same day they said there's nothing here. There is, there's nothing with Flynn. He's done nothing wrong. He hasn't talked to the person we thought he even we, we thought he would have talked to. There's nothing. Let's shut this thing down. This spying on on Flynn, I would argue. The same day, you guessed it, Peter Strzok, who interviewed Flynn in the White House later that month on January the 23rd, texted. A redacted individual, apparently Flynn's case agent, to ask, quote, if you haven't closed Razor, that's the investigation into Flynn, don't do so yet. Please keep it open for now, Peter Strzok asked. He then emailed his former mistress, which I don't really care about that. I just, that's what he's most famous for, and he shouldn't be anymore. It should be for this. Telling her that it was serendipitously good that the case was still open. Now, you get the actual text messages here, all right? Because I want to go through these. You look at what was actually said by Strzok to Page. And I want you to think about how sick this is. You know there's nothing there. You know that Flynn's done nothing wrong. You're obsessed with getting Trump out of office. You said you had an insurance policy. You said we'll stop him. Referring to Trump even getting elected, then he gets elected, and you're like, don't worry, I'm at the FBI, by golly. I got James Comey as my boss. I'm going to put people in jail around Donald Trump, and I'm going to nail Donald Trump because I'm sure he's done something illegal and will get him out of office. So Peter Strzok texts or emails Lisa Page. Razor still open, but serendipitously good, I guess. Then he literally said, he writes this in the same sentence. You want those chips and Oreos. What a psycho. Page then writes back to Strzok. Phew. P-H-E-W. But yeah, that's amazing that he is still open. Good, I guess. Peter Strzok writes back to Lisa Page. Yeah. This is the part that's so amazing about the FBI and the deep state that Donald Trump has been talking about, about his campaign being being tapped, being spied on by the, the by the Obama administration. Listen to what Peter Strzok writes to Lisa Page. This arrogant a-hole put this in writing. Quote, yeah, our utter incompetence actually helps us. Period. 20% of the time, comma, I'm guessing, smiley face. So Peter Strzok is actually saying, mocking the own institution that he works for, talking about how incompetent 
They are. So therefore, because of the incompetence of the FBI, their incompetence is actually helping us literally overthrow the will of the American people in trying to get Donald Trump out of office. So you got Peter Strzok and you got Lisa Page who are talking about chips or Oreos and overthrowing the government at the same time. Talking about the utter incompetence of the FBI that they work for, mocking the institution that they work for. They were excited to see that this case, he was able to make sure it didn't get closed, even though it's supposed to be closed. Because there was nothing, no evidence, there was nothing wrong with General Flynn. But hey, he begged him not to close it on the day they were closing it down because he thought, I can try and get Flynn one more time by creating a crime. All of this while celebrating with chips and Oreos and, a, and, and celebrating a literal celebration of the incompetence of the people that he works with. Now, I want to go back with you knowing everything I just told you to that audio of James Comey and how damning this audio is of James Comey describing how he got those two FBI agents into the White House to interview Flynn without doing any of the, I mean, not breaking the own rules of the FBI, protocol of the FBI and what they would normally do if they were interviewing someone at the Obama White House or the Bush White House in his own words. So not only is Peter Strzok happy about the incompetence of the FBI, so is the man in charge of the FBI and James Comey. He's celebrating the incompetence of the organization in which he leads. Take a listen. Now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, <laughs> um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration, (laughs) the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. (laughs) And in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself, to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough, let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? Uh, I don't think he knew. I know we didn't tell him. Just said, we've got a couple, sending over a couple of agents. I want to ask you some questions. I didn't have this conversation. My deputy director did. But hope, uh, hope you got a few minutes. You can sit down and talk to them. And he said, sure. Now, you want to know how the media is reacting to this? Great example this morning. Flippin' channels, Good Morning America journalists were melting down as they reported that the Justice Department had dropped the case against Michael Flynn based on the facts. They called it, quote, stunning, a bombshell, and blowing up the case. 
They even put up on the on the on the bottom of the of the screen. Michael Flynn walks free like he had committed a crime and didn't get charged with it. The reporter opened the show with, quote, what some are calling an extraordinary move. The Justice Department essentially blew up the first major prosecution by special counsel Bob Mueller. And the department appears to be saying the FBI should never have interviewed Flynn in the first place. Well, hell, based on the FBI director, in his own words, I just played for you. That is accurate. Should have never happened. Based on the FBI and their own closing of the case that was stopped because of one individual, a corrupt FBI guy named Peter Strzok, it should have never happened either. one 381 let me go to uh, Laurel in Gainesville, Florida. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hey. How are you? I am good. Thanks, Ben, for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, go ahead. Okay. So um, what I wanted to say really quickly was um, tuning into um, what you were talking about, larger corporations uh, being cut, right? So I was part of an organization that has 4,000 employees. But whether it's an nonprofit organization, private, public, whatever, if you do not, as an employee, generate income, you are on the chopping block, okay? And usually those jobs are admin operations, which are a luxury to an organization or corporation, So, and they're also the lower income. So the people out of the jobs are usually people like me, okay? So when they cut these big corporations, they're hurting the small people the most. Because I could ag- I could agree with you more, which is the reason why I said earlier it's insane that Democrats in Congress are now going after these companies, trying to demand them give their money back by Monday, which is absurd. And all this is about is a political football BS moment for them. And people are going to lose their jobs next week because of this. They're they're going to lose their jobs. Make no mistake about it, because these companies that hit these these numbers the way that they describe them. Uh, that they're targeting are going to say, all right, we're laying everybody off because we're assuming we're now going to have to give back the money. And that's and that's going to cost people their jobs because of the politics of the Democratic Party. And let me make one more point. Here the government wants to be big government, right, where they just got their chance to be big government. And here I am, a single mom, unemployed, with two kids to feed, and I just got my last paycheck last week. And I applied for unemployment the day I got furloughed, which was five days short of one month, and they haven't even processed me yet. If they don't process that and get me my check in two weeks, I'm in trouble. So big government can't even begin to accommodate this country because if they can't accommodate 33 million people, how are they going to accommodate 330 million people? Yeah, great, great point, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Good to talk to you. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to uh, Angela in Cedar Falls, Iowa. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hey, Ben. Angela how are you? from Cedar Falls, Iowa. Good. How are you? Good. I just wanted to say I think I'm actually had known from work. I'm an essential worker. I work at a dealership, which is not like the front lines, obviously, but I'm listening to the show, great show, and it's really sad to me when I hear this because 
my sisters have not spoken to me in over three years because of who I voted for. That's, that's hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta understand, Democrats are tolerant. They're all about tolerance of their lifestyle and tolerance of their viewpoints and tolerant of other people's alternative lifestyles. How could they not talk to you if they're the party of tolerance? Right. And I think it's disgusting the lies that the media tells and you you have people out there like them that believe it. And they will totally shun someone with an ad agency that handles marketing, that has Democrat customers, right? And that's who I've always been registered for, but there was no way I was voting for Hillary Clinton. None. And yeah. so I, I just, when I'm driving home and it's... But th- this is, you know, we, you bring up an interesting point here. You've got family members that won't talk to you, right? It's been three years, okay? And they won't talk to you because you voted for it. That was the mentality, clearly, of Peter Strzok and James Comey and Lisa Page, We cannot allow Donald Trump to continue to be the president even after the American people chose him. So we are going to put people in jail around him, and somebody will give us something that we can then get him on. Yeah, and and they've believed it. They believed it. I just, I'm just, and, and the more I heard, the more I'm listening. See, I, I, and I'm not, I, I want to make this clear. I don't believe or advocate for people going to jail uh, for political reasons, all right? I think it's a very scary, slippery slope, all right? Uh, I, I don't believe that we should ever put somebody in prison for political, you know, because I disagree with them politically. What Peter Strzok did to... Michael Flynn, I believe, should be a crime. And I believe it's something that he should go to jail for. Because no one should be able to abuse power in this way and and, and be able to ruin someone's life without any accountability for it. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Show Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. If you just joined us, we are chatting about what has happened and what we have now found out about Peter Strzok, James Comey, and the total corruption at the leadership of the FBI against Michael Flynn. They were never investigating Flynn for committing a crime. In fact, they moved to shut down the case because they found nothing, but they decided because Peter Strzok desperately needed a win to destroy Donald Trump, that they would keep the case open, begging for it to stay open the day that it was to be closed. He then decided to send a message to Lisa Page saying how great it is that it's still, he got it stayed open, then asked her if she wanted chips or Oreos. This is how psychotic these people were. Let's go back to the note. The note by one of the people that was to investigate Flynn in that interview read, quote, what is our goal, question mark, truth, admission, or to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired? That's right. That was their sole purpose. The memo also appears to weigh the pros and cons of pursuing different paths. A primary path included getting Flynn, quote, to admit to breaking the Logan Act when he spoke to Kislyak. 
the Russian ambassador. Now, I'm, I know Mark has talked about this, and Mark as an attorney knows more than, than I do on this one, but the Logan Act's pretty simple to understand. The Logan Act is an obscure statue that has never been used in a criminal prosecution in this country ever. The Logan Act was enacted in 1799, by the way, which is before telephones. And the only reason why we even had the Logan Act back in 1799 is because it was intended to keep people from falsely claiming to represent the United States of America, the U.S. government, when they were abroad. Now, coming up in the next hour, I'm going to play for you a a segment. Former House Oversight Committee Chairman Trey Gowdy, former prosecutor, talked about how if this was, in fact, a criminal interview, when, when when the FBI went in to create a crime, if it was truly a legitimate interview, then they would have treated Flynn so differently His example of how they treated somebody when they're being investigated as a criminal was actually none other than former candidate for the White House, Hillary Clinton. I'm going to play that for you coming up next on The Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Lies, lies, and more lies. Welcome. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. And what we know now... Is it the entire case, not just on Russian collusion and the James Comey corruption and the Mueller investigation team corruption, Adam Schiff corruption, what we've known. Is it the DNC and the Democratic Party did everything they could to take down the president knowing that there were crimes that had been committed? These transcripts are getting more and more and more damning by the day. One other thing about this interview with Flynn that everybody should talk about is Flynn was not awarded the same type of treatment that Hillary Clinton got when she was actually being investigated for crimes. And we know all of this because of the words of the FBI director, his own words, not not having to read notes, literally his own words where he went on TV, or went on stage, I should say, and bragged about breaking FBI protocol, bragged about basically getting to screw over the Trump campaign to get these FBI agents in the White House, saying that this would never have happened under any other group of individuals. At the White House, under 
Bush or under Obama. And Trey Gowdy, I think, summed this up in a great way on Fox. And I want to play this audio for you. He was asked about this double standard. And I want you to hear what he had to say about it because it is truly disgusting what happened here. Take a listen. The Journal here now, Trey Gowdy, Fox News contributor and former chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Trey, welcome. Uh, good to have you here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. What do you think? Um, was, was the notes, were the notes, and was the investigation of General Michael Flynn at the White House routine for the FBI and for the agents who carried it out? I hope not, Martha. And if it is routine, then why didn't they apply the same standard to Hillary Clinton that they did to Michael Flynn? I mean, if you go back, so, so Flynn's under investigation in the summer of 2016, a counterintelligence investigation. The FBI found nothing. They didn't find an insufficient amount of evidence. They found no evidence. And they're about to close this investigation. And then he has the conversation with Kislyak. So Comey decides to send bureau agents to the, to, to the White House. Why? I mean, that's the fundamental question. Were you investigating a crime, the Logan Act, which there's never been a prosecution under that act, or were you conducting a counterintelligence investigation? If it's a criminal interview, then why did you treat him so differently from the way you did Hillary Clinton? Remember, Martha, she had a medium-sized law firm in the room with her. They gave the questions to her lawyers before they interviewed her, and they most assuredly told her there's a consequence for lying, none of which they did for Michael Flynn. So I spoke with Katie McFarland last night, who was his deputy, General Flynn's deputy, and she says, you know, that it really, beyond Flynn, they were hoping that if they pressed him hard enough and put him in a tough enough position and held some of his earlier comments against what he said there, that, that he would flip on President Trump, that he would give up some goods on the president. Do you agree? Well, um, I, I do for this reason. Uh, it, there's also a notation in these documents released this week to use that defensive briefing as a pretense, a, as a ruse. So everyone mm -hmm. that's offered a defensive briefing by the FBI, keep that in mind. They may be interviewing you. Remember, Comey did the same thing with Trump. Mm -hmm. He gave this defensive briefing on the dossier, but he was really interviewing him. They still thought Donald Trump was colluding with Russia when they went to interview with Michael Flynn. So I have every Every expectation. They wanted to flip Flynn on the president. Uh, the problem was no one with the campaign was colluding with Russia. It wasn't Flynn. It wasn't Trump. It wasn't Papadopoulos. They were wrong about all four of their crossfire hurricane targets. Right. So how well, let me just jump back in here real quick. I want to hit pause for a moment. Think about what he just said. He just said everybody they targeted, they were wrong about all of them with collusion. Did Manafort get in trouble for things that had nothing to do with Russia collusion? Yes. Papadopoulos, was he set up? Yes. All of the people they went after and they charged with crimes, none of them dealt with actual Russian collusion. And by the way, that also includes what they charged Flynn with or the deal that they were trying to get, forcing him into submission. What he's saying here is, Look at the big picture, everybody. Pay attention to what's happening here, everybody. The FBI was weaponized by the Obama administration under the leadership of James Comey and people like Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, McCabe, the list goes on and on. And it was weaponized for one reason only, 
to take down Donald Trump and to get anybody they could to help take him down. That's what this was all about. one 381 3811. Go ahead and hit play for the end of this. Robert Mueller and the investigation, two years and millions and millions of dollars, was finished and we got the report. Where were these notes that we're seeing now? Uh, they were not turned over. Uh, they have to be turned over if you're going to trial. There's, there's a little bit of a debate about it, but I think most people will tell you Brady does not uh, implicate guilty pleas. So when Michael Flynn said, I'm going to plead, they didn't have to turn over the notes. But Martha, this is not the department of let's see if we can get away with it. And it's not the department of let's see who we can get fired. It is the Department of Justice. Sally Yates, who is hardly a Republican, was infuriated when she found out what Comey had done. So uh, that's the Department of Justice. We don't care if you're an R or D. We don't care whether we like you or we don't. We're going to treat you the same. Mueller's folks did not turn over these documents because they didn't think they had to. Yeah. Um, With regard to the Durham investigation, because all of this happens with that as a backdrop now. And the reason that we're seeing these documents and that they were released is because of a subsequent investigation or review of the Michael Flynn situation that was, um, you know, spurred on by the attorney general, Bill Barr, and uh, the Missouri attorney. So what does this tell us about what is coming? Because we're also told that, that Barr and Durham are in pretty regular discussion about the Durham investigation. Yeah, I think uh, the Attorney General and and U.S. Attorney Durham are both very interested in how this whole sordid affair began. So the four targets, let's just go with Flynn. All right, you're going to put a general under counterintelligence investigation by the world's premier law enforcement agency. Why? What is the factual predicate where you think you have the power to put him under counterintelligence investigation for being an agent of Russia? What was it? I mean, did he read a Chekhov novel? Did he watch Dr. Zhivago? Why did you put Michael Flynn under counterintelligence investigation? I think that's what Durham and Barr are getting out is none of these investigations were sufficiently factually predicated. And if that's true, then you're going to see a clamping down on the power that we've given the FBI. And it's about damn time. Let me jump back in here because what what he just said there is absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And the question that he was just asked, this last question, I want you to hear this. And, and Mr. Producer, if we back it up maybe three seconds, let me know when it's ready. One of the things that he was asked here at the very end is, do you think there will be any prosecutions of people like Peter Strzok, James Comey, uh, you know, Clapper, Brennan, these others, that put all this hoax together, that weaponize the full power of the government the full power and all the resources of the U.S. government at their disposal to go out there and to, you know, say one thing on TV and do another thing behind closed doors. Saying the opposite of what they said under oath, and now we found out what was really going on at the, at the, back of, at the, at the beginning of this. This was a hoax from the beginning. It was corrupt from the beginning, and they used our tax dollars to try to destroy a president that the American people chose to elect. 
somebody said today, Limbaugh, I think it was, said today, it's not illegal to lie on television. But these people ought to be finished. There ought to be nobody left in this country that would hire any of them. After these, after what we are reading with our own eyes. I'm going to let you hear the last part about how screwed up it is that you can't be prosecuted for what these people did. Uh, And we're also being told there's going to be new documents, more documents that are going to be released implicating the Obama administration in all of this Russian collusion. This is going to get to be a much bigger story than it even is right now, and you better get ready for it. And I'm saying that to the Democrats, and I'm saying it to all these scumbags at the top of the FBI under the Obama administration that weaponized our government to overthrow the will of the people who elected Donald Trump. one 877 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin, nice to have you with us tonight. And I want to get back to the big conversation. And that is we now know that there are apparently going to be even more documents coming out that are going to be very damaging to the Obama White House uh, when exactly what they did when it comes to trying to set up and create crimes out of thin air against people like Michael Flynn. In fact, former Obama defense official has admitted under oath that she lied on MSNBC about having Trump-Russia collusion evidence. But don't worry, apparently it's not against a lot of lie on TV. A former Obama administration defense official admitted under oath that she lied during an MSNBC interview about having evidence that Trump campaign staff was colluding with the Russians, according to a newly released transcript of her testimony. The woman who served as the deputy press, uh, deputy assistant secretary of defense for Russia, Ukraine, and from 2012 to 2015, said during the MSNBC appearance in March of 2017 that she had been urging colleagues and congressional lawmakers to gather up evidence of Trump Russia collusion before Obama left office. She said she feared that the Trump administration officials might destroy the alleged evidence if they found out how we knew what we knew about the Trump staff's dealing with the Russians. 
Now, she made this claim on TV, and again, it's not against the law to lie on TV. But what we do know is that she was lying on TV. The documents clearly show that this Obama administration official sang a very different tune during her sworn testimony before the House Select Committee on June the 26th, 2017. The chairman of the committee at the time, Trey Gowdy, was pressing her on her claims of collusion evidence during the MSNBC interview when the woman told lawmakers that she actually didn't know anything, quote, unquote. Why don't we go back to that sentence that I just asked you about? It says the Trump folks, if they found out how we know what we knew about their staff dealing with the Russians, Gowdy said, well, how would you know what the U.S. government knew at that point, question mark? You didn't work for it, did you, question mark? She responded by saying, I didn't work for the government. Then how did you know, Gowdy asked her. Quote, I didn't know anything. Trey Gowdy pressed even further. Did you have information connecting the Trump campaign to the hack of the DNC? Gowdy asked in the hearing. Her response, no. So when you say we knew, the reality is you knew nothing. Correct. This woman, by the way, is now running for the New York 17th Congressional District as a Democrat. Just want to let you know. Now, what does the media say when we said that? And again, we now know that Flynn was set up. We know there was no crime. We know that the FBI knew there was no crime. We know that they that, that Peter Strzok jumped in and, and, and kept the case open even after it was supposed to be closed. Well, let's go back to the media. Let, let's, let's go back to the media. Anybody that said that Michael Flynn was set up, that the FBI set him up, And they create a crime. They said it was a conspiracy theory. You don't believe me? Take a listen. And his top aides have been routinely ignoring the truth and pushing phony conspiracy theories. The president seems to be saying that uh, this was a case of entrapment, that Michael Flynn was essentially pressured into lying. What is your response? I think that's hogwash. You know, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories about how he was entrapped. The FBI agents didn't do anything wrong here. So I think that's important because there are a lot of sort of uh, conspiracy theories. They all work together. And, you know, the Fox news people in the White House fuel these sort of rumors. Do they send these around with fax machines? They come up with these conspiracy theories and they send them around with fax machines. They should just knock it off and realize that their ridiculous conspiracy theories are going to be knocked down. Stop. Stop with the conspiracy theories. So I think that loud sound you heard at about 1230 Eastern was the sound of 10,000 conspiracy theories by the Trump defenders exploding. The sound you hear is a million conspiracy theories exploding. I could call them the Trumpets. All over the country, their heads were blown up. Here's another conspiracy theory that has been blown to bits. Trump talking points and right-wing media conspiracies demolished. Poor Michael Flynn. He was duped. It's so embarrassing. You know, when wow. you push all your chips to the middle of the table, yeah. you better be damn sure you got a good hand. Yeah. The FBI broke standard protocol in the way that they came in and ambushed General Flynn. She knew better. Wrong. There's the media. There's the media. When all this was coming out, saying anybody that believed that Michael Flynn was set up, it's a conspiracy theory. You're an idiot. Should never be talked about. You guys are lying. And now we go back to knowing 
what they all did here. They screwed it. They, I mean, they, they screwed everybody here. Mr. Producer, do you have that last part of Trey Gowdy on TV when he was asked about were there any of these people that did this to Michael Flynn be prosecuted? Listen to Trey Gowdy. And this is part of the problem is there's no accountability for these people that do this. Take a listen. No, I was talking to a federal prosecutor on the way over here, but we have got to to not only associate accountability with prosecutions. I, I, I don't think I think being a terrible FBI agent and treating people unfairly, maybe it ought to be a crime, but I don't think it is a crime. What, the, the takeaway is the next time the FBI says, hey, we'd like to talk, tell them no. Say, when you clean up your act, when you quit trying to get people fired and see what you can get away with, we'll start treating you like a dispassionate law enforcement agency. Fact. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Only show with a warning label for liberals. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Mark Levin, love to keep up with you on Facebook and Twitter. Ben Ferguson Show. Uh, You can follow me there and get your thoughts in on uh, Michael Flynn. And again, what we're hearing now is a lot more documents are going to drop that is going to put even more information out there, damning information to the Obama administration and how they handled uh, the investigation and the cooking of the books to even figure out a way to even claim that there was, quote, collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. We're finding out a lot more about this right now. Uh, And again, how did Michael Flynn get into this situation? It was because of James Comey and Peter Strzok. They hated this president so much they wanted to overthrow the will of the people. This is trying to overthrow the president. I call it a coup attempt. The FBI, the normal great people at the FBI, the normal people tried to close the case on Michael Flynn. And the only reason why it stayed open is because Peter Strzok jumped in and said, no, 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 don't do it yet. Please don't close it. I know you're about to close it because there's nothing there, but I need to find something there. Or better yet, I'm going to create a crime. I know we're not investigating any crimes. We know that we've investigated. There's no crimes. So I'm going to create a crime. And James Comey helped him do it. James Comey helped him do it. 
James Comey, in his own words, talking about this. He said, I knew that there the protocol was not being followed. I knew that the protocol, would we would never be able to get away with what we were trying to do by sending FBI agents in unannounced to go meet with Flynn. I knew that we would have gone through the White House in a normal way. I knew that there was no way that this would ever happen under the eight years of Obama and the eight years of Bush because, well, I figured these guys are new and I can screw them. Referring to the Trump administration. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm not. This isn't like I'm putting words in his mouth. We have him on video saying this. James Comey being asked, like, how did you pull this off? Because even the person interviewing. Even the person interviewing knew this is insane. Like, how did you do this? How did you pull this off? Take a listen. Now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, <laughs> um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration, <laughs> the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. <laughs> and in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself, to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough, let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? Uh, I don't think he knew. I know we didn't tell him. Just said, we've got a couple, sending over a couple of agents. I want to ask you some questions. I didn't have this conversation. My deputy director did. But hope, uh, hope you got a few minutes. You can sit down and talk to them. And he said, sure. What a scumbag. This should be criminal what he did. That's my opinion, but I believe it should be criminal. one 381 3811 1-877-381-3811. I want to get some of your phone calls in here uh, and see what you think about this. Uh, and again, I, I, these individuals need to pay for what they've done. And right now... We don't have a law. I talked earlier today to Senator Marsha Blackburn about this. Right now, we do not have a law that says that if you abuse the power like they did at the FBI, that we can prosecute you for it. That needs to change. Why do you think these people were so flamboyant? They were so flamboyant, and they did this because they thought, we'll never get caught. And even if we do, they can't touch us. Worst case scenario, and I don't even think they ever thought this far, Peter Strzok and those guys, they never thought this would see the light of day. They had the media covering for them. Anybody that said that Flynn was set up, remember when he got 
when he, when he did the plea deal, the media said, aha, you crazies out there, you, 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 you crazy people, you insane individuals, you're nuts, you're stupid, you're crazy. These Republican white white ring wackos, you guys are nuts. Their own words, listen. Ignoring the truth and pushing phony conspiracy theories. The president seems to be saying that uh, this was a case of entrapment, that Michael Flynn was essentially pressured into lying. What is your response? I think that's hogwash. You know, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories about how he was entrapped. The FBI agents didn't do anything wrong here. So I think that's important because there are a lot of sort of uh, conspiracy theories. They all work together. And, you know, the Fox news people in the White House fuel these sort of rumors. Do they send these around with fax machines? They come up with these conspiracy theories and they send them around with fax machines. They should just knock it off and realize that their ridiculous conspiracy theories are going to be knocked down. Stop. Stop with the conspiracy theories. So I think that loud sound you heard at about 1230 Eastern was the sound of 10,000 conspiracy theories by the Trump defenders exploding. The sound you hear is a million conspiracy theories exploding. I could call them the Trumpettes. All over the country, their heads were blown up. Here's another conspiracy theory that has been blown to bits. Trump talking points and right-wing media conspiracies demolished. Poor Michael Flynn. He was duped. It's so embarrassing. You know, when you push all your chips to the middle of the table, you better be damn sure you got a good hand. The FBI broke standard protocol in the way that they came in and ambushed General Flynn. She knew better. Wrong. One other thing about this that I think has to be brought up is Joe Biden. And he's running for president, by the way. He's the Democratic nominee. We now know that Joe Biden was in the room on January the 5th, 2017, with Obama. When they were talking about the takedown or attempting the takedown of Flynn. When it was being discussed. What did Biden know? When did he know it? Where's the media asking that tough question? I forgot. They don't ask tough questions of those on the left. They don't ask questions about sexual assault allegations of the left either. But believe every woman and every claim when it comes to Republican. Don't forget that. Believe every claim. If, it be, if it's a Brett Kavanaugh, uh, uh, you know, you got to believe everything. Joe Biden, don't ask a question. Don't ask a single question. Let me get to your phone calls now. Uh, let me go to Jimmy. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi. Yeah, hearing Comey, hearing the audience laugh to me gets, you, gets me so angry, but it's also frightening how ignorant the American population is. Oh, see, I think they were laughing. I think they were laughing because they realized how crazy it is that this really happened in real life, that they were this egregious in their actions. I I think they're laughing because they can't believe the arrogance of James Comey, that he was able to do this and is willing to talk about it this way. That's how narcissistic James Comey is. I hope you're right, but this shows you the FBI under this Obama leadership is no match for the KGB. All the foreign intelligence agencies, whether it's the Iranians, you know, the radical Muslim, the terror, Red China, the Soviets, or what they call Russia now, this FBI is no match for them. They're defending us using Russian intelligence dossier. 
You know, James Comey in his past, you go back, look at his college work, the man is a Marxist, just like John Brennan. So you have Marxists heading the FBI, uh, Marxists heading the CIA, and working with Russian intelligence. Well, you're, you're, let me say this. I, I think what, what part of this is, and I want to make sure we differentiate the here because it's important too. Um, I think the majority of men and women that work at the FBI are good people. I know some of them that work. They're taking on terrorists. They're, they're protecting Americans. Uh, they, they also, remember, the good people of the FBI recommended closing this investigation uh, into Flynn because there was nothing there. There was nothing there. And it was the elite at the top, the McCabe's, the Strucks, the Comey's, who said, no, 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 no. we're going to make something be there. We're going to. We're going to create a crime out of thin air. The good people at the FBI that are out there doing the real work, I, I think they're great people. And they were the ones that recommended shutting this down and moved to shut it down. It was only because of Peter Strzok and James Comey and their obsession with, with overthrowing the will of the people. I would call it an attempted coup on the will of the people to overthrow the election of Donald Trump they're the, they're the crooked ones. I don't believe that the majority of FBI agents in this country are bad people. I, I think they're right. sickened by this. I hope you're right. And Obama supposedly said to do it all by the book. They did. The book was the Communist Manifesto. So it's a different book they were going by, the leadership. These were Obama. I don't even think, that, I don't even think this deals with the issue of, of, the, of communism, Communist Manifesto. I truly believe this goes back to the obsession of Peter Strzok. And the obsession of, of James Comey to get the last word on Donald Trump, it became so personal. They hated him so much that they were willing to overthrow an election to beat him. This was a simple abuse of power case. I don't think it's any deeper than that. I really believe this is just a simple we hate you. We can't believe the American people voted you in, so we're going to undo it because we know it's best for this country. We have unlimited resources. We'll weaponize our government. We'll come into the situation. I want you to think about how psychotic you have to be, how narcissistic you have to be to do what they did. I mean, I mean, re really, think about how psychotic you have to be, how brazen you have to be to send in FBI agents to the Situation Room, not to investigate a crime, but to create a crime. And think that you're going to get away with it. And they almost did. They almost did. That's messed up. I appreciate the phone call. Good to talk to you. one 381 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, welcome back. It is the Marco Ben Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. If you just joined us uh, tonight, we're talking about the setup of Michael Flynn. And we're hearing that more documents are going to be coming out that is going to be very damning to the Obama administration, including Joe Biden, when they knew there was no crime that had been collected, uh, no crime that had been committed by Flynn, yet they still targeted him and went out of him. There is a total meltdown, by the way, that has happened by hosts as the Flynn news breaks that he's not going to be, that the charges against him have been dropped because he did not commit a crime. And they're trying to turn it into a cover-up. No, the only thing that they're terrified of is the truth coming out and others being held accountable for this. The part that is frustrating for me is the fact that there is no accountability specifically for people that abuse their power. There is, there is no accountability for these people that abuse their power for them to be charged with any crimes, which is disgusting. Let's get to your phone calls. one 381 Let me go next to... Let me go to uh, Jeff. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hey, Ben. Great show. You're doing a good job tonight. Hey, Thanks, uh, sir. So this is a little attenuated, but it's totally on point with what you're getting at. I, 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 I agree that Comey's a problem, his mindset's a problem, the hubris is struck as well. But, you know, don't forget that Struck was jointly employed by, by both the FBI and the CIA. And it's important because I was reading some of the transcripts today, and in the late January period after the U.S. government sanctioned Russia – the general consensus from the Farkas types was we were really concerned because Russia wasn't reacting the way we thought they would. In other words, we were going to throw a grenade in their lap to upset relations on the way out, and they weren't acting upset. So through that prism, who would have been gathering that chatter and then comparing that with the, with the transcript of the, of the call? And I probably do believe that it wasn't Comey that was tipping off the president who then tells um, is uh, you know, the, the assistant attorney general Yates? Um, you know, Obama says there's something along the lines of, "Hey, uh, there was a call between Flynn and the Russian." So, so it's somebody in intelligence. Who knows? Foreign intelligence, CIA. So I, you know, as, as vitriol, as hateful as Comey is, Brennan is even more vitriolic. He's a true ideologue, and so I, I, if I had to guess, if I was a, if I was wagering, I'd say that the stuff that drops is very possibly going to implicate Bremen, if not more than Comey. Listen, I'm going to hang up and listen. Well, I, think, but I, think, I think Brennan, Clapper, all of them, with the more stuff that's going to, to drop. is and, and again, Biden was in the room with, with Obama. We now know this. When they were talking about this prosecution, I mean, it's there. There's no way to, there's no way to fake this now. And I don't care how the media spends this. Let me just tell you. 
I cannot wait for the president of the United States, Donald Trump, to get on stage with Joe Biden and the Flynn issue come up or him bring it up and watch what happens here. Cannot wait. Steve in Panama City, Florida, you are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. Thanks, thanks for taking my call, and you're doing a great job. I just I, I was about for a couple of callers getting fired up just listening to the way Comey was conducting that interview. Yeah. And you're right, how he was just being arrogant, and the people were laughing, and they think it's just a great big joke. And it's embarrassing. I mean, well, and they all know it's corrupt. That's why they're laughing. It's the fact that it's like high school kids talking about, like, how did you get away with it? And you laugh because you can't even believe you got away with it. The way that Comey talked about it's like, we screwed him and we got away with it. This is amazing. Like, we did it and, 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 and we're proud of it. We did it and we're proud of it. That's the part that's so messed up here. Mark will be back with you on Monday. Always an honor to fill in for the great one. Love to keep up with you. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show on Facebook and Twitter. Have a great weekend, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.